0: Hello and welcome to episode 227 of the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin podcast. I've got the AC on because it's 90 degrees, so apologies for the noise. I've cut that out the last couple, but this today I just can't, man. Sorry, so you're going to have a, a bit of a noise floor. But we have a good show. Last week was awesome. Oakland, 1970, September 2nd. Um... I can't believe I slept on that show. I mean, I, I must have heard it over the years, but I don't have a memory of it, and like, oh yeah, brilliant show. had a really good response from it. Thank you. Almost did a part two, but then I realized my part twos get really minimal uh, listeners. So if you want a part two, go to hardomarkness.com, download the concert and make your own part two. And part three, for that matter. Enjoy. Maybe I'll do a part two for a Patreon special thing. I've done that once or twice and, uh, but no part two, sorry, but another great show. Astonishingly, astonishingly good sound quality. Thank you. St. Mike Millard from San Diego, March 14th, 1975. This is another listener recommendation. As one that's like, hey, I don't think you've done this before, Mark. It's really great. Good Trampled Underfoot. Really good In My Time of Dying. Check it out. It's got some fire. And it has got some fire. And it is a great stereo recording. Jonesy's bass sounds incredible. It's just, you know, Mike Millard magic. So, we're going to hear some 1975. And I also have in the pipe, uh, Dario Romero remastered both of the Copenhagen warm-up shows from 79. You know, those brilliant shows where Jimmy's playing like a... Everybody's like, Jimmy's playing like 1973, because what I surmise happened is he got um, clean off of heroin, which was probably a precondition for Robert returning to the band, and uh, thus had a, a clearer head and more nimble fingers at play plus they played very very professionally and had a lot to prove to themselves to robert and to the public because that was their first shows in um literally about two years to the day so um they sound i mean they're great sounding shows anyway i like dario romero's work seems to sound a little bit better the 23rd Um, Edges out the 24th, in my opinion, which is unfortunate because I like the 24th better. But uh, both very good shows. I may do individual shows. I may do a compilation or I may just do one. Or I may not do either because, I mean, I flogged the uh, 24th quite a bit in compilation, you know, best of episodes. It was my first podcast ever because I love it. I love the 10 years gone from that show. But that's in there as something that might pop up as well. FYI. And as always, feel free to contact me. And hey, if you message me on Facebook and you don't hear from me, it's not because I'm an asshole and I hate you. Um, Like, unless we're friends on Facebook, I don't see it unless I check my uh, requests. You know, they don't show up unless you click it. And that's just a whole thing of, you know... Russian woman, hey baby, you are beautiful to me. If you give me a social security number, I can give you my entire body, because I know you trust me. So, I don't I don't jump in there often, but I did find one today, so I apologize, Eric, for taking a week to answer you. I just didn't see it, man. So, mark at heartofmarkness.com will get to me, any of the messages, but if there's a show you want me to cover, or something you want me to cover, or something I got wrong, which happens all the time, let me know. All right. 1975. This is the physical Gra- physical graffiti tour. This is um, the divide. The cr- uh, 75 is kind of listed as the creative peak in the public imagination because physical graffiti, the album is so amazing and 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 diverse. Um, it's also the first uh, tour in the first year where you can you can sense a marked. Decline in the quality of um, Jimmy Page's playing and Robert's voice. I mean, Robert's voice went out in '70, uh, I think. Uh, August '71 is the one I think you can hear it just go ping, and the damage happen. But um, you know, it, was, it wasn't until '73 where he changed the register for a lot of the songs. You know. Many have I loved, many have I listened, instead of
1: many have I loved,
0: you know. Still great, and then he worked and got a lot of it back. 77, he was much stronger, 79 and 80, he had a lot of it back. And then he kept working at it, and then even when you get to um, shit, now in Zentour, 88, through the page and plant stuff, he had a lot in the tank and uh, up into, up to and including the Led Zeppelin reunion, where he still had enough in the tank to belt out cashmere and really let go. Love it. So he had to work hard at it. Jimmy as well. Jimmy lost some dexterity. Um, there's a lot of speculation on what that was. Everyone's like, heroin. But, I mean, everybody was doing heroin in the 70s. He wasn't the only one. Um, there's a lot of talk of tendon and ligament damage from the breaking of his fingers multiple times the lack of rehab playing with broken fingers all those things you aren't supposed to do that fuck things up and then when you're in your 30s hey, my fingers don't work as well anymore and then when you're in your 40s and 50s etc and um doesn't mean they weren't great doesn't mean there aren't great shows in 75 or 77 as you guys have shown me it's just that there are a lot of uh casual people friends of mine who listen to the podcast because they're friends of mine and they're like man not really a great show that night was it because they're expecting to hear you know 1971 zeppelin on a 1975 show and you don't you hear 1975 zeppelin which is still great the songs are great and i love the fact that they were all talented enough to retool and reorient and still be the best band in the world you know by changing out the blues thing and 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 becoming more i don't know you know what i mean maybe you don't i'll shut up seven minutes oh yeah i will shut up all right tldr yes there was a quality change in 75 77 much more erratic Seventy-nine. The Copenhagen shows are great. The first Nebworth show is great. The second Nebworth show shows what happens when you fall off the wagon. And everything fell to shit. And the 1980 tour happened. So here we go. I was asked by somebody to to address the the kind of elephant in the room. Because in the discords, like Dogs of Doom discord with the younger kids, nothing is sacred. Nothing is shit sacred. They'll shit on Jimmy all day long while worshiping him at the same time, which is what I did when I was young, and which is what I did up until the point I started this podcast and then realized people listened and then realized sometimes people who are on the recordings I make listened. And then I'm like, oh, my fucking God, what conceit, what an asshole. Now, on the other hand, there are people in the Led Zeppelin fan community will not say a negative word about anything the band has done. And there does seem to be a relation to proximity to the band and positive reporting about the band. Whatever. So, I would love to talk to them. I would love to meet them. I would love to ask the questions that the the tapers want to know. Ask the questions that we, the, the live fans that listen to the shows... Want to know? And, you know, even get down with some specifics. You know, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. That would be a dream. I sure am babbling. Nine minutes now. All right, I will now shut the poop up and play. Let's start with Sick Again, a song I'm not fond of, but a lot of folks like. And it is good in 75, so here we go. Sick Again. Cool drumming. And listen to the great sound. That is just a dude with a tape player under his ass in a wheelchair that he snuck in some AKG mic capsules, the itty bitty microphone part of the mic which is inside the actual mic body, in his hat or in his jacket, catching this stereo signal from where he is in the sweet spot you're hearing what he's hearing, even better than he heard it, holy shit thank you Saint Mike Millard blessings be upon you You've done a lot of good for the world. I hope you're at peace wherever you are. All right, sick again. San Diego, March 14th, day before the Ides of March 1975. Here we go.
1: Good evening! San Diego, good evening!
0: Absolutely blissful sound quality. I don't have notes with this particular release. It's not the uh, Empress Valley release. The only clue I have is the MD5 file that comes with it um, references Liriodendron. So I would, let's just assume this is a Liriodendron remaster of the Mike Millard tape. Maybe a Mike Millard master, given how good those hi-hats sound. Uh, if not, then definitely a first gen. Brilliant. Oh, I have a Mike Millard master too, for this month, the 24th, um, to share with you as well. Uh, I will spread that out cause it's, it's, You'll need so many March 75 shows, you know, in one group of time. It is interesting though, how different 75 Zeppelin was from 73, even 73 and 72 is when 72 is when they became the biggest band and, um, they realized that nobody knew it, so they hired uh, Danny Goldberg for public relations and actually started courting the media instead of avoiding the media because they did all this, by word of mouth, underground fan work. They didn't do TV shows. They didn't do Don Kirshner's rock concert. They didn't do that kind of shit. They didn't have people following them on tour and writing you know, stories in Rolling Stone until 1975. And even then, they got Cameron Crow. The uh, film director, he did Almost Famous, and a bunch of other movies, too. Was married to Nancy Wilson from Heart for a zillion years. Uh, but he, as a teenager, got to travel with the band in 75. And um, very interesting. It, but differently, I mean, my cousin. My cousin Terry, who is, I don't know how much older than me he is, five years, 10 years. Anyways, he's old enough to have seen Zeppelin in 77 Madison square garden. One of those shows where it's like, Oh my God, amazing show, right? No, he thought they sucked. He was terribly disappointed because imagine if you're going to see Led Zeppelin in 1977, and this is his favorite, was his favorite band at the time. He was a Zeppelin head. He was about 17. Um, well, they make him, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out his age, but it doesn't matter. Um, Loved that band, was a drummer, is still a drummer to this day. Loved John Bonham, loved the band, saw them, was so disappointed. Because imagine if all you knew of live Led Zeppelin was The Song Remains the Same, which came out the year before, and you're seeing that, and you're like, holy fuck, I want to see that. Hey, they're on tour. Holy fuck. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, 77. Uh, And then going to see them and seeing the dragon suit and the bombast and all that stuff, and you're like, where's the light and the shade? I mean, this is the light and the shade in the acoustic set and otherwise, but the, the a lot of the loss of the dynamism and in, in the fine filigree um, happened. I don't know. I'm spitballing this because I just read that message from um, the gentleman on Facebook about the addressing that huge decline and, and what that means, and let's just call it out, right? Um, it doesn't need to be called out. Everybody knows it, and everybody kind of... Has their ideas why, but the um, thing is, there's still magic there. They shifted gears, and so you have those long no quarters in 75 and 77, but the interplay of the band has just shifted from, all right, we're going to kick ass with Dazed and Confused, and how many more times, and a whole lot of love, to we're going to kick ass with No Quarter and uh, Achilles' Last Stand and Nobody's Fault But Mine, and things like that. And just to be able to shift like that, um, Pink Floyd did as well. If you saw Pink Floyd in 1977, having seen Pink Floyd in 1973, you'd be like, that's a bit different. The vibe's totally different. The energy's different. The music's different. It's now songs instead of more of an open jammy thing. And that was happening in 73 as well, because you have Darkseid. Uh, but stretch it back here. You see Fink Floyd in 1972, and then go see them in 1977. Totally, totally different experience with the same fucking dudes. So, yeah, it is interesting, and I'm talking about it because it's just on my mind. Obviously not formed, because it's all just spitballing. But I will shut up because we haven't even heard In My Time of Dying yet, have we? Or Trampled Underfoot. All right, let's get In My Time of Dying out of the way because it's a good one, as is Trampled Underfoot. So, In My Time of Dying. That's not the key. In My Time of Dying. I think that's it. We'll see how perfect my pitch is. Here we go, buddies.
1: Take my body Oh Well, so I can die easy Ooh, Somebody gonna make me die easy oh, Well, well, so I die easy Jesus, got to make out Thank y'all. Would you make it my diet?
0: That was really nice. Nice workout. There's a laid-back kind of vibe, 275, in a lot of the shows. Uh, It can definitely get a little sleepy and and dopey in places. Not this one, but on some of the shows because of, you know, that's where you have the tour where you see the pictures of Jimmy just drinking Jack from the bottle because his finger hurt because it was broken and he was playing. So that wasn't great. Um but yeah, just a general kind of like feels like the batteries are just starting to die in the walkman to me, energy-wise. That changes a lot in 77, where it's the opposite. It's much more bombastic and like full battle charge. Great tune, great spirits. Robert was not in the best voice for this show. Still fine. Still, you know, seven, you know, even okay for a 75 Robert voice. But um you know this is just on the heels of the long beach show which is one of the better shows of the tour and a kind of high point so there's a bit of a juxtaposition there but you know what else is good we know it's always good trampled underfoot and we're going to hear that in a second right after i give you the spiel what is the spiel why well, the spiel is telling you that, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. There's a Heart of Markness podcast Facebook group with a couple hundred folks in it that are all really cool. I would love it if you were to go there and join. Um, The aforementioned heartofmarkness.com website, that is where you can go to find the links to the concerts that I cover. You'll be able to go there, And get this entire show, not just the songs that I cover, but the whole soup to nuts recording. Thanks to people who shared it for free. I share it for free with you. And all of this is thanks to the titans upon whose shoulders rests this humble yet mighty podcast. That is, of course, my patrons. And if you're at heartofmarkness.com and see the Patreon label logo there, click it. See if there's something there that you like. If not, no worries, man. So a Laurel and a hearty handshake go out to Keith and Tilda and Brian and Steve and Big Ed, Kenny, John from West Footscray, Picard, Knegarn Rob from Melbourne, Australia, Wayne, Brad, Danielle, Tracy, David, other David, actually, Bonzo, Billy, and Mimo. Thank you, my friends. You make it happen. I love you for it. You're the best. And now, and now, let's get poppin'. Trampled underfoot, ladies and gentlemen. March 14th, 1975. Here we go. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Good evening. I said, Good evening. And good evening to you. I know we'd like to feature. uh, One of the finest trombone players that America's ever known. Who you've never even heard play trombone, right?
0: Oh my God, Jonesy plays trombone. I had no idea. Yes, as you can tell, as it's been demonstrated, all bass players are multi-instrumentalists. Think of Getty Lee. John Bonham, John Entwistle. John Entwistle plays the French blade, because he's dead, the French horn. So, of course, John Paul Jones is a famous tromboner. All right, we are done, folks. We've heard everything that I'm playing for you anyway. So, if you want more, go to hardamarkness.com, download that show for free. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.